ladies, this is Jessica Iterole. And I'm Barbara Saunders Livingston. And we want to welcome you to the Seeking Holy Podcast. A podcast for women seeking Christ in a challenging world. As you listen, we hope you'll be encouraged to open God's Word to seek Him and strengthen your abiding relationship with Christ. Whether you find yourself with plenty of time or not enough time, pour yourself a cup of coffee, grab your Bible, and join us for Seeking Holy. Welcome back, ladies. There's an insinuation these days that the Christian life is boring, but we make no mistake. To follow Christ is the most scandalous, exhilarating, terrifying, paradoxical, as we find peace amongst discomfort, the greatest testing of self, the most challenging, qualifying, fire burning, Uh, hanging on to the very edge of the human experience. Yeah, come on. Wow, exactly. So we wouldn't have to tell that to Daniel, Shadrach and Meshach or Abednego, right? Um, There are risks and stands to take and faith to step out on. Mm, Right. (laughs) When we place our trust in Christ and turn away from the old life, we are sealed with a guarantee of eternal salvation. Amen. When we pray for wisdom or discernment from a pure heart of obedience, then God will give us the answers. Sometimes he'll test us to apply that answer to our lives. Absolutely. And therefore, knowing the answer is really only half the battle. We must live it. Yeah, I know I'm always quoting my pastors, but you know, I was just discipled so well by them. I mean, oftentimes I think about, you know, as I'm going out through going through my day, I can just hear their voices, like quoting scripture to me or, you know, teaching me some truth. Um that just carries with me through my life. I know I'm so thankful. And a lot of people, they don't describe that they had that. And so, but, you know, he used to say this, you know, which really challenged. He said, we all know way more truth right now in this moment than we're willing to obey. You know, ouch, right? Uh, Yes, we have to be willing to obey the truth that he reveals, um, the power, the fruit production, and the proof, so to speak, is in the obedience. Obedience is better than sacrifice. So what makes obedience bearable? Uh, the promises we have from God, knowing that He's faithful and He's not a man who should lie, and that He is true to His promises. Mm, amen. And we can take that further and ask, what are the promises of God? First off, the direct, bank on it, unchangeable, unmovable, unshakable promises are in His Word. The Word of God is His will revealed to us. In each promise, God pledges that He will either cause or not cause something to pass. And He is faithful. He will do it. There are hundreds of biblical promises, and I'll just share a few. We have Romans 10, 9 that says, If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Proverbs 1, But all who listen to me will live in peace, untroubled by fear of harm. John fourteen twenty seven, I am leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart. 
And the peace I give is a gift the world cannot give. So don't be troubled or afraid. Romans 8, 37, 39. No, despite all these things, overwhelming victory is ours through Christ who loved us. And Mm. this one just gets me, y'all. I just get fired up because it says, And I am convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love, neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither our fears for today nor our worries about tomorrow. Not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. No power in the sky above or in the earth below. Indeed, nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Amen. I love that one because that is a promise. He said it, not me. He said it. It's his word. It's his will. It is his promise. And of course, I love Philippians 419. And this same God who takes care of me will supply all your needs from his glorious riches which have been given to us in Christ Jesus. Yes. Christ Jesus. We go back to the last episode that we have been given on the subject of joy, that joy that Jesus has in the father, that joy that he knows of the circumstances he knows of what is ahead. We have been given that. And then lastly, I believe we've talked about this one before, but it's just so good and so applicable is Isaiah 40, 29, 31. He gives power to the weak and strength to the powerless. Even youths will become weak and tired and young men will fall in exhaustion. But those who trust in the Lord will find new strength. Hmm. They will soar high on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. Yeah, find new strength. <laughs> mm-hmm. Psalm one nineteen fifty. This is my comfort in my affliction. Your promise has given me life. So possessing and living in peace and rest and joy, they reflect the very character of God. If our life isn't displaying these, um, It gives a false witness to the lost world, frankly. I'll never forget a lady named Iris Blue. Uh, She spent a lot of time in prison. She ran topless bars and sold drugs prior to being born again. She stated in her testimony, produced, I think it was by um, K. Arthur Ministries. Anyway, she describes growing up in a church and observing others in the church and saying to herself, if that's victory... I don't want it. How sad, right? The evidence Mm. of true peace, joy, and rest demonstrated in our lives offers others a transparent, true testimony reflecting the real nature of our God and Savior. We are His representatives. So it's not just about us, right? Um, It's about who's watching us. And the watching world needs to see Uh, God in action, is how I'm speaking, acting, and responding consistent with or painting a picture of the Jesus and Word of God that we say we believe and are growing in the likeness of. And when we walk in those things, they offer others uh, comfort. In 2 Corinthians 1, 3-7, praise the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and the God of all comfort. He comforts us in all our affliction 
so that we may be able to comfort those who are in any kind of affliction through the comfort we ourselves receive from God. For as the sufferings of Christ overflow to us, so through Christ our comfort also overflows. If we are afflicted, it is for your comfort and salvation. If we are comforted, it is for your comfort, which is experienced in your endurance of the same sufferings that we suffer. And our hope for you is firm, because we know that as you share in the sufferings, so you will share in the comfort. I love the fact that as we share in these in these trials, as we lean into Christ and we strive to abide in Him, not only do we share in the sufferings, but we share in comfort. That's a wonderful reminder. You know, another thing that we see robbing us of peace, rest, or joy is the fact that less and less there is a call to meet a standard. Hmm. In a way, we're completely moving standards out of our society and bringing everything down to lower levels. Now, the reason I bring this up is because I know of women, and I'm sure you do too, women who I love, precious daughters of God, who believe this lie that the Bible is too complicated or intellectual for them to understand. And I'm talking about smart, competent, and capable women. A few of them, even without realizing, are tempted to completely depend on let's say Bible studies or devotions, which are fine in themselves to be an assistant to reading the word. But there's this dependency on these that is filtered through someone else's interpretation and delivery to be their only source of spiritual sustenance. And again, what I'm not saying is that Bible studies or devotions are bad and don't participate in them. I'm not stating that, okay? But what I am stating is more or less a lament that our Christian culture has spent a great deal of effort in order to make women feel better about themselves. And that's fine to a certain extent, but one of the effects of that in doing so, they've actually put a lot of these women, women designed to do great things for God in a limited frame, preventing them from growing. The danger is that in the moment, there are these little nuggets of really what is an emotional feel good, and it makes us feel empowered and better about ourselves. But that danger happens when the feel good prompt is solely emotion and not grounded in truth. So it warrants inaction by lowering the standard for every woman all the time. There is less of a call to challenge ourselves. Yeah, to that, I I hear what you're saying there. Um, and two, there seems to be like a, just a general consumer mentality, you know, uh, going to church to, quote, get fed or not going to church anymore because, quote, I'm not getting fed there or the worship mm-hmm. music it, there isn't my style or, you know, it just goes on and on about preferences. Um, it is all about what that church or those leaders can do for me, you know, what I can get out of it, or if they have enough opportunities and teaching for my children and on and on. Um, Jesus's message was never come sit and soak it all up. You know, the great commission is to go and to go into 
all the world. And we have to get into the word for ourselves and know it for ourselves so that we will have something to share um, in people's time of need. Mark 16, 15, then he said to them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to the whole creation. Right, right. And I think that is one of the reasons why we put a lot of focus into our own personal growths in Christ, because one, we are called to go out. But before we can go out, we have to be equipped. We have to be trained. We have to learn. It's important that we have an abiding relationship in Christ so that we understand His Word and we live a life of prayer so that we have something that's real to give the world. And I think by bypassing that, we have a lot of well-meaning people who want to do something for God, and they wind up going into that part of it without the relationship themselves, without the relationship themselves, that personal abiding then to discover that there's parts missing. Or you get something like, for example, the belief. Uh, I'm sure you've heard of it. God will never put more on you than you can bear. That is taken out of Isaiah 43, 2. I think it's 2 through 3, which actually says, When thou passest through the waters, I will be with thee. And through the rivers, they shall not overflow thee. When thou walkest through the fire, thou shall not be burned. Neither shall the flame kindle upon thee. <laughs> when in actuality, this verse supports the idea that while you won't be overcome as you press into God, you will still have to pass through rushing waters and raging fires. Hmm. Yet he promises that we won't be consumed if we fix our eyes on him. So see how we have this kind of fragmental knowledge with a desire to go. Now, sometimes we need more discipline to go as well. But some, I think I'm speaking a little bit more on the fact of people who do go, but we're missing the first part. And I know we are working to concentrate on just the growing of self in the Lord. Yeah. So we have, we have these, um, this sort of contrast, I think of the, um, famished underfed, uh, believer, um, mm -hmm. that the, and even maybe still on pure milk, you and I have talked about this, that the word talks mm -hmm. about those. We start out on the pure milk of the word and then we uh, we move up to the meat. Uh, we're supposed to you know, mature and move up to the meat. Um, yeah. So we have this contrast that there's those that, uh, you know, are famished that need to get into the word more. They need to. Um, build up their spirit and, you know, have some spiritual food to offer. And then there's this other side, though, that maybe they've been in Bible studies for years and years and years. And, you know, they they've taken in all of this truth and it's sort of uh, overfed. They're overfed. And so there's no outlet yeah. for um, expending those calories, so to speak. Um, and so we want to to address both here that, you know, those find an opportunity to, uh, it's just like going back to what my pastor had said. Uh, most of us, um, know way more truth than, you know, we're willing to obey. And so it's just mm -hmm. kind of like stepping out into obedience and beginning to utilize, 
And you might be surprised, you know, that you know more spiritual truth. You can share uh, more uh, spiritual truths than what you think. And it's just, you know, the only thing keeping you from it is that act of faith, that step of faith into obedience. So that's really good. Yeah, I think that's a great point. And that's true. We're trying to cover a lot of ground for a lot of people, a lot of women, and we don't want to miss anybody. (laughs) It's difficult. It's challenging. But uh, pray for us. You know, the Lord direct us, direct our steps, direct our thoughts. So in moving forward, I'd say it's easier to miss the greater point. And another favorite, which is Jeremiah 29, 11. I bet almost every lady can quote this one because we love this one, myself included. I love this passage. For I know the thoughts that I think towards you, saith the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you an expected end. And that's pretty straightforward, right? God knows the plans he has for us and they are for good things toward a determined outcome. No wonder we love this verse. This is great news. But what does he then say in verse 12? He says, then shall ye call upon me and ye shall go and pray unto me and I will hearken unto you. So there's some action items. Then we shall call upon him. We shall go. Go where? perhaps to a quiet place away from everything else, we shall pray. These are all things we must rise up and do. And we as a society must be careful that we do not fall into a trap of passive Christianity where we don our Jesus t-shirts. I love Jesus t-shirts. I'm just saying that we just don our Jesus t-shirts and blast worship music and live basically like the world does, loving what they love, watching what they watch, listening to what they listen to and talk like they talk and call it holy living. And then when things get tough, then begin proclaiming the promises in need of rescue as if he's up there blessing every one of our choices and is now going to rescue us from every challenge. He Mm -hmm. calls us to a standard. He said to be holy as I am holy. Mm -hmm. And I know that's hard. I'm right with you girls. And I know I sound like I'm preaching here. And I promise you, I'm not talking about anything that I haven't been guilty of. So please hear me out. I love you gals. And even more, Jesus loves you. Remember, he loves you exactly where you are. You're never beyond his love and redeeming mercy and grace. But as I've heard it said so well, he also loves you too much to leave you where you're at. Amen. Um, So also, you know, as you were sharing, I think about how he loves the lost. You know, those still in need of hearing the good news of the gospel out in the highways and the byways of life. And there will be people he calls from every tribe, tongue, and nation. He has saved us and he's kept us alive for a purpose. He's equipped, prepared, and commissioned us to go, to share the gospel, to disciple, to teach, to baptize, and enjoy that he is with us always, even to the end of the age. We are already blessed with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms. We are equipped for every good work. Uh, So we are together and we're not to forsake the assembling of ourselves together, which looks very different right now, (laughs) Um, but not to the exclusion of going. I mentioned in episode one that it was those who met me where I was out in the places that I was 
reaping the rewards of my sin, which meant the most and made the most difference and who I am forever grateful for. Uh, do I appreciate the discipleship and fellowship of the church body? Yes. However, I wouldn't have wandered my way into a church if it were not for the going and obedience of those that came to me. Mm. Um, and so may we move on from the self-centered, self-focused, self-indulgent American Christianity into compassion, to concern, and sending a clear gospel call out to those still sitting in darkness, the pride of possessions, the addictions, and despair. There's a Savior who has died and given His life and risen again so we can experience the joy and the peace and the rest of serving Him and sharing salvation. More coming right after this brief message. A lot of prayer, work, and effort goes into this podcast. And while our goal is not to exalt ourselves or even to become widely known, we can always use help to aid us in covering our cost. We created this podcast to encourage women to open their Bibles and rediscover the great Lord. It's our first ambition to faithfully seek, follow, and obey the Lord in every step. And it's under His authority we recognize the responsibility of good and faithful stewardship. We purposefully do not have an advertising or sponsorship program. The advertising you hear on this podcast are resources we personally use and want to advocate for. Every one of them have been prayerfully chosen, and we do not charge to promote them. Occasionally, we'll share a product we're using and get a small commission. However, still, we will only vet a product that we can truly say we recommend. So while we've not created this podcast to make money, we understand that one may want to bless us with a financial gift. This is truly a blessing for us as it takes a lot to keep this program running. If you'd like to donate, please visit SeekingHoly.fm and click on the heart in the upper right-hand corner. We appreciate your contribution. It probably sounds like we harp on American Christianity quite a bit in this podcast. That's not our intention. We love God's people. We love the church, the bride of Christ. Amen. We know that it is so, so precious to God and all the more reason for us all to strive to holiness and to seek God. What is his will? What is his desire for the church, for ourselves as individuals, etc.? The very fact that the Son of God left glory for the joy before him came down and had the limitations of man. He died. He gave his life. He took it back up so that we can experience the joy, peace, and rest of serving him and sharing salvation, as Barbara said. Oh, these are things worth handling delicately with great care. For the bride of Christ is so precious to God, and we love the church. And we also recognize that we say American Christianity, that's a very generic term. But I think we're kind of blanketing this aspect of Christianity in the West, which we could spend, we all could spend a lot of time in talking about what could be strengthened, what is wrong, what is right. But ultimately, and you'll probably hear me say this a lot, it is important that we know what's wrong with things that, that, can be a danger to us. Therefore, we can avoid them. But it is even more important to know what is right. Where do we go towards? Who do we fix our eyes on? 
And really, by learning and studying and knowing what is right, what is wrong is revealed. And yes, it's important that we must get away from these things, the the self-indulgent, self-centered, self-focused, whether that's intentional or not. I mean, can we just all be honest and say, hey, it it is our natural default to think of self, not necessarily always before others, and certainly not intentionally, but it is our default. As long as we are here on this earth, we are limited by our flesh, but we can get victory through Christ. Amen. And so uh, just, yeah, I'll just reiterate, our goal is not to bash or discredit or slander anyone. And I know that American Christianity is a very general term. And there is a lot of fake self-help tactics out there cloaked with the label of Christian or Christianity. And, and we worry about being rerouted away from Christ through accidentally, unintentionally placing our wants ahead of God. And therefore, we're conveying that here because the challenge is real and we care about the bride of Christ, which is you, us, us all together. You are my sisters. We are sisters. And those in the world, God is drawing to himself to repent to be rescued and transformed from the enslavement of death and darkness. So we're going to dig into this a little bit further next week when we talk about faith. But we have now the mighty armor of God given to us, and we have the weapons of warfare, including his word, his promises, his praise, and the word of our testimony. We are made to advance, to gain ground for the kingdom of God. We have defensive armor and tools to gain that ground, to enter into the promised land and to lay a hold of that which the Lord wants us to lay a hold of. We sure have enjoyed this series on peace, rest, and faith. Join us next Monday at 8 a.m. Eastern Standard Time for our new segment, Faith That Moves Mountains and Does Not Doubt. We'll see you then. If you've enjoyed this episode, Don't forget to subscribe so you can be notified when new episodes are released. Also, please feel free to rate and review our podcast and share it with all your friends. Thank you for spending your time with us. We hope you're leaving with a deepening fascination to fellowship with the one who has created you for his purpose and desires to show you more of his goodness every day. 